Welcome to the Studies in Proverbs podcast, produced by HeartCry Missionary Society. This is taken from a video series you can find on our website, heartcrymissionary.com. HeartCry is a missionary society founded by Paul Washer. The goal of our ministry is to glorify God and bring the greatest possible good to humankind through the preaching of the gospel and the establishment of biblical churches throughout the world. Visit heartcrymissionary.com to view our other productions and to find out more about HeartCry Missionary Society. Hello there. I'm back again with our study of Proverbs. Uh, We just in our last lesson finished verse 6, but I want to leave the book of Proverbs for just a second, and I want to do just a, uh, I want to do an overview of a very important and neglected chapter uh, found in the book of Job, and it has a lot to do with what we're studying. So turn to Job uh, chapter 28, and we're going to look at one of the most magnificent passages in, in the Bible. It's just beautiful, beautiful. And it has to do with the value of wisdom and the work that we ought to be willing to invest in order to gain that wisdom. Now, in verses 1 through 11, Job is going to talk about the treasures of this earth and how people will labor with everything they have, sacrifice everything to gain the treasures of this earth. And then he'll go on in verse 12 through 28, and he'll say, but the search for wisdom is harder. It is harder. (laughs) I guarantee you that. But it is more valuable because the wisdom of God is more valuable than any treasure that can be found any place on this earth. And not just material treasure, but the the fame of men and the applause of men. Nothing compares to the wisdom of God. So let's read in verse 1. Surely there is a mine for silver and a place where they refine gold. Iron is taken from the dust and copper is smelted from rock. Man puts an end to darkness, and to the farthest limit he searches out the rock in gloom and deep shadow. He sinks a shaft far from habitation, forgotten by the foot. They hang and swing to and fro far from men. The earth from it comes food, and underneath it is turned up as fire. Its rocks are the source of sapphires, and its dust contains gold. The path no bird of prey knows, nor has the falcon eye caught sight of it. The proud beast have not trodden it, nor has the fierce lion passed over it. He puts his hand on the flint. He overturns the mountains at the base. He hews out channels through the rocks, and his eyes see anything precious. He dams up the streams from flowing, and what is hidden he brings out to the light. Now, um... If you read this correctly and you understand it, you'll be exhausted at the end of reading just those uh, 11 verses because it's talking about not only an extraordinary expenditure of energy, young person, but also men putting themselves in various precarious or dangerous places in order to obtain something, in this case, gold or jewels. Now, let's just look quickly at this and then we'll come back and we'll look at verses uh, 12 through 28. And again, this is just a, a brief overview of this chapter. In, in verse 1, he says, Surely there is a mine for silver and a place where they refine gold. Even though silver and gold are very difficult to find, there is a place to find them here on earth. But if you look in verse 12, look what he says. But where can wisdom be found? And where is the place of understanding? All right, so here on earth, yeah, it's difficult to find gold and jewels, but you can do it. But wisdom, 
far more precious and far more difficult to find. And it is not found with men. It's not found here on earth. It's found in heaven. It's found in God. And it's found in Christ. In him, all the treasures of wisdom. All of it. It's in Jesus. And yet, God, in his grace, has given us the word of God. So that until Christ returns and we're there with him, we can spend our life mining the treasures of God. Now, verse 2, iron is taken from the dust. That is not an easy thing to do. And copper is smelted from the rock. To smelt, to burn down um, impure rubble, to keep burning it down until you find the gold, until you, you find the silver, and then you purify it. It is very difficult work. Very hot, very sweaty, stoking the fire, providing fuel for the fire, laboring. It's dangerous, drawing near to the cauldron that is boiling. And all this to obtain a little nugget of gold, a little piece of silver. Look at verse 3. He's going to talk about the miner. Man puts an end to darkness and to the farthest limits he searches out. So here we're talking about a guy who's going to go into a very deep, deep cavern or a hole, a channel that he himself has dug, which is very difficult. I live here in Virginia where the mountains are made of rock. And when you dig down about six inches, that's as far as you're going to go before you have to pull out a pickaxe and go to work. And it is extremely difficult. Now, we're talking about a time here where there were no earth-moving machines or dynamite or anything like that. Just hard labor. And it says that the man lights a torch and is willing to sink down into the darkness. You know, darkness can be a very frightening place. A cave, a cavern. And he's doing all this for what? A chunk of gold. And so, it says he goes to the farthest limits. Let me ask you a question. Would you say that in your study of Scripture, you've gone to the farthest limits? You've pushed yourself as much as you could possibly push yourself, knowing that what you were going to achieve or obtain was far more precious than gold. And he goes on. He goes, the rock in gloom and deep shadow. He goes down and down and down and down. I don't know if you've ever gone into a cave, but it can be a lot of work. Squeezing through, making your way. It can be rather frightening at times. It's cold. It's damp. You have to light a lamp. Very difficult. And yet we are so... I don't know, apathetic, lazy, unmoved to do the same thing with something far more precious. It goes on. He sinks a shaft far from habitation, forgotten by foot. Every, every inch that he gains in this shaft is through terrible, terrible work of breaking up rock, of pulling the rock out, bringing it up out of the shaft and going deeper and deeper each time. And then it says, they hang and swing to and fro far from men. Uh, there are pictures uh, even today, and sometimes it comes out in, in movies where you see miners who are hanging from ropes, crudely made ropes, maybe sitting on a plank of wood being supported by those ropes, and then digging into the side of the mountain, into the side of the rock, into the cavern. Very, very dangerous. If the rope breaks, they lose their grip. They could fall to their death. And what do they do this for? For a piece of gold? For a jewel? To be put in a necklace? 
And yet what we're searching for is a far greater value. It says, the earth, from it comes food. And underneath it is turned up as fire. Now look, its rocks are the source of sapphires and its dust contains gold. Sapphires are beautiful. I've been in many museums and and seen quite a few that were worn by kings and queens. And gold, of course, worked correctly is absolutely, absolutely precious, especially when it goes above 14 carat, when it when it's at its purest form. It is a very, very beautiful thing. And look, look what it says here. It's dust contains gold. So men do all this work for some dust. Gold dust. Melt it down. Turn it into something. Do you realize how long it takes to accumulate anything of worth? And yet they're willing to risk life and limb to do so. They really are. Now, look what it says here. It's something that a lot of the old uh, Puritans and Reformers, they used to use this line, not with regard to the earth, but with regard to the Bible. It says in verse 6, its rocks are the source of sapphires and its dust contains gold. If such can be said of the earth, of of a cavern, of a cave, of a dark shaft that's been driven into the earth. How much more can we say that of the scriptures? I've read it in many preachers, Alexander McLaren, Spurgeon, others, that the dust of this book contains gold. And it's so true. And and you say, well, you know, I've I've read some of the Bible. I I don't see it. I know, I know. It's kind of like you need a, a truth or Bible appreciation class. The more you study the scriptures and the more you see its, um, its worth, then the more you'll want it, you see, and you begin to see. I remember one time studying, I was studying the book of Hebrews, chapter 10, uh, because it seems like everything in Hebrews kind of comes together in that one chapter. And I spent probably, I don't know, four weeks studying that chapter and, uh, the guys here at the office would get kind of annoyed with me because it seemed like, you know, every hour or so I would run out of the office. I'd run out of my office and say, hey, guys, come here. You've got, you've got to see this. No one, no man could have written this book. It is too intricate. It is perfectly woven together. I mean, things, ancient things, just all brought together in the person of Christ. It's absolutely amazing. And... um I can honestly say that I I look forward to getting up in the morning more than when I began many years ago, getting up in the morning and get to studying because of the jewels that I see there. The dust of our book, this book, is gold. So if the dust of the book is gold, don't let any dust settle on your book, on your Bible. Read it, study it, feed upon it. If, if food comes from the earth, as it says, which it does, how much more food comes from Scripture? And then he says um, in verse 7, The path no bird of prey knows, nor has the falcon eye caught sight of it. It's, it's down so far. And it says, The proud beast have not trodden over it, nor the fierce lion passed over it. What, he, what he's saying, it's so far removed from even those who have an eagle eye. 
Even those who are mighty among men, it requires going down, going deep, going down. And, and that's what you need to do. I know you read the book of Proverbs. and you know, I read the book of Proverbs. Well, I, that's good. Now read it again and again and again and again and again. And like I always say, not just the book of Proverbs, the whole book. Start in Genesis, finish in Revelation, and then do it again. And again and again, more times than I can say again in this 20-minute video. Now, he goes on and he look at verse 9. He puts his hand on the flint. He overturns the mountains at the base. Flint is hard. He puts his hand on it in order to steady himself and get ready the hammer. Because he's going to break through it. Because he wants whatever's on the other side of that flint or whatever's inside of that flint. He's got to remove it. He's got to see. And then look, he overturns the mountains at the base. You know, we say, uh, don't we, leave no stone unturned. That means work hard at finding out the matter. Leave no stone unturned. But the Bible is so important, dear friend, dear young person. It says, turn over mountains if you have to. Turn over a mountain. Whatever you have to do to get at the wisdom that's there. Now, don't doubt. Some of you would doubt because there are many who would, who hate the Word of God and they scorn the Word of God. But we'll, we'll find out that the Bible talks about them. And they say, why? You know, study something else. Well, you need to study many things. But nothing is more important than the Word of God. Turn over mountains if you have to. And then he goes on. He hews out channels through the rock. He cuts deep. And again, with a crude pickaxe and a hammer, a chisel, he works and works. And, and here's another thing. Do you know it might take them years before they get to the place they want to be? Before they ever see a speck of dust? We're, we're a people of immediate gratification, aren't we? We, we have to have it now, you know. They tell me now you can't preach for an hour, you can't do this, you can't do that, because people, well, they get distracted. They want something and they want it now, and if you can't give it to them now, then they don't want it. Well, I'm sorry, that doesn't work with Scripture or Christianity or nobility or character or anything. Sometimes you have to labor for years to find what you desire. Or to become what you want to become, you see. And, and isn't it amazing? We will honor Olympic athletes who, you know, when a child, a little girl is five years old, they discover she has an incredible ability in gymnastics. So for the next, the next 15 years of her life are devoted day and night. Everything in her life is affected. Her, what she eats, her free time, her friendships, everything is affected by this one purpose, and that is to get a gold medal that will perish. And yet, when we talk about the Word of God, and the need to labor for years before we might see the gold that we're looking for, people count it as foolish and a waste of time. I say that we are a very foolish people, because the dust of this book is gold. Now he goes on and he says this, verse 10, he hews out channels through the rocks and his eyes see anything precious his eyes are constantly moving to and fro he knows where to look 
He knows somewhere in this is something precious. And his eyes are looking for it constantly. When you read the word of God, be looking, be looking, train yourself to look, keep looking. You know, going back to the idea of hunting, you know, um, it's the person who's willing to sit still and look and look and look at every leaf, at every movement in the tree, every movement in the grass, looking constantly for something extraordinary, something out of the ordinary that doesn't look like an inanimate object, something moving to catch a glimpse and then follow it with your eyes. How much more the Word of God? You know, oftentimes the, um, the word tracking, tracking down, is used in the Bible as, as hunting dogs would track down a beast. And that we're to, we're to follow those tracks, the tracks that God has left us, of wisdom and character and virtue and nobility. But most of all, chasing down Christ and what he's done for us in the gospel. Now, his eyes see precious, anything precious. Verse 11, he dams up the streams from flowing, and what is hidden he brings out to the light. This is your job. This is what studying is, to find that which is hidden, to study diligently, to pray, to cry out to God. God, you alone have the words of life. In this book is light and life. Show me. Bring it to light. And also one day if you become a preacher, that that is what your job is. Your job isn't just to run around and be active. Your job isn't to be, you know, just this wonderful personality that stands in front of people and tells funny stories. No, don't don't do that. That's, That's horrific. Your job is to bring to light the Word of God to people. That they might see it and understand it and obey it. That they might believe it, enjoy it, you see. So he says, it's difficult to find the treasures of this earth. It is very, very difficult. But it is more, more difficult to find the treasures of heaven. So um, we just got through the first part. And so what we'll do is um, we'll do one more study of the book of Job. And then we'll return back to Proverbs. Um, God bless you. Keep, keep studying scripture. Develop your life of prayer. Keep seeking Christ above everything else. Please. God bless you. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Studies in Proverbs podcast produced by HeartCry Missionary Society. Visit heartcrymissionary.com to view our other productions and to find out more about HeartCry Missionary Society.